Here we are. In this episode of The Dusty Allen Show, we meet the OG Fool, the woman with the same initials as the Melbourne cricket ground, Madeline Claire Garrick, better known as Maddie Garrick. The professional basketball from the great town of Shepparton and self-confessed Mario Brothers princess tells us how she got into a basketball dance-off with Red Foo whilst in ISO, what it means to her to get the chance to represent Australia in an inaugural sport at the Olympics, as well as what it was like growing up as a kid who struggled with confidence. She also shares on the eating disorder she developed as a teen and the steps she took to overcome it. She has a crack at my basketball prowess, and we also give a shout out to my mate Trotzy. Come on in. The water is lovely. And now listening to the Dusty Allen Show. Welcome to the Dusty Allen Show. Maddie Garrick, welcome to the Dusty Allen Show. Thank you. It's very exciting. I think it's amazing what you're doing. You have a very unique voice for um, podcasts, and I think that you have um, a lot of things to be able to provide to people and some cool stories to to tell. So I'm very privileged that I can be, you know, one of the first to jump on the show. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm wrapped. And that's my job done. Yeah, thank you. And there you go. Thanks so <laughs> yeah, much. Yeah, I'll send the uh, send the invoice. Um, well, yeah, look, you know, as you can see from the, the studio that we're in here, we spare no expense at the Dusty Allen <laughs> Show. And, um, yeah, the dungeon type setup that we've got, uh, got going on here um, really... Uh, what's the word I want to say? Just I feel yeah, like it, the ambiance or something. Yeah, say it's, it's is very um. It's great. Yeah. yeah. Um. Like no other. No. So, <laughs> look, there's been a question I've wanted to ask you for quite a long time. Well, not last how long time? At least the last six weeks. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Straight, uh, straight yeah. Straight. Okay, straight wow. into it. Are you a savage? Actually, I've seen a bit of your social media <laughs> content. Can you, can you uh, elaborate uh, on that? Look, let's just say I can be a savage when I need to be. Um, I'm generally pretty down to earth and humble and nice. But if, um, yeah, the occasion rises where I kind of need to be a savage, I definitely will be. Did, yeah. did I even say that right? Is it like savage? Like that's oh. the... From, yeah, and look, for those who bougie. might not know what we're talking about, just head along to... Uh, Maddie Garrick's Instagram handle, and you'll be able to see all the the lovely work that she's been up to, which we will touch on. Okay. But I want to. Thanks for the plug. Hey, no problem at all. <laughs> you know, yeah, sort of fifty the under plugs. the table. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so let's see. You, 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 you're a, you're. I'm probably too a close savage. to the mic. You're a savage, yeah. obviously, but you're a bit of a, a bit of a jokester. You like to have mm-hmm. a bit of a laugh, that sort of thing, yeah. and I. have think that that goes back to the fact you correct me if I'm wrong here because mm-hmm. uh, I'm massive massive on the research here at the Dusty Allen show <laughs> were you born on April Fool's Day I was so when people ask me about myself really oh they're like oh when's your birthday and I'm like oh April Fool's Day and I always say it explains a lot about me because it really does and yeah, I'm just the original. I'm the OG fool. <laughs> <laughs> Very self-deprecating, which I think is one of your strengths. Now, is that something that it did it come up? Was it like something you could play on a lot, like as a kid, you know, growing up, that sort of thing? 
Uh, funny you ask, actually, and I think we'll talk a little bit more about some challenges that I went through. So I was um, a very, well, you might ask my parents, they might say something different, but from what I can remember when I reflect back on myself as a kid, I was quite um, shy, particularly in certain situations. Um, I wasn't the most confident kid. And I definitely didn't have any confidence in myself um, when it came to particular things. And it's probably since uh, playing basketball, playing sport, finding out a little bit more about myself, being able to express myself through sport and um, get closer to my true self that I've been able to kind of unleash this part of me. Um, which I guess has always been there. It's just, um, you know, with growth and uh, maturity and that sort of thing, um, I've been able to find that part of me, which I really enjoy. And um, I absolutely love making people laugh and bring happiness to their lives. So, it make, you know, it makes me happy to see someone else happy. Um, so that's, yeah, been a growth for me. But um, I just kind of, I think that the biggest thing about it too is I'm probably the first person um, to take... Uh, let's keep the language very. No, no, you can you can swear because I got the I clicked oh, when I started this I clicked the um, explicit language oh, thing. So yeah, yeah, you can swear. So I'm. Like I can say fuck now, and <laughs> oh that's okay. God. Yeah, wow, but I might bleep that out. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh shit! Um, no, I was gonna say I'd be the first one to take the piss. Oh, that's yeah. all you're gonna say. Sorry, yeah. I went a bit bad with the <laughs> f word really there. Did. Yeah, okay. Sorry very, about that. Yeah. <laughs> very explicit. Yep. Um, but now I know that, like, look at that. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So I want to I wanna take, like, a, a slight step back there and, like, back to when you were in school when you said you weren't the most confident person. Can you elaborate on that? as like that, say, like, primary school or, like, high school, and was that just in, like, in general? Was there anything specific? Like, were you – and I can only relate it back to my, my growing up and – you know, I had a relatively easy time at yeah. school. You know, I, w- yeah. I was confident. I wasn't overconfident, but I also didn't have any, you know, um, lack of confidence. Like, how did what did what did school look like for you? Yeah, it's kind of tough too because trying to remember back to whether there was a particular time where I started to not feel as confident. Um, I I mean, I openly talk about how I see a sports psychologist I see a a regular psychologist Mm -hmm. I feel like there's parts of those two areas that really um, interconnect Um, but also it just I can really focus when I go to see the sports psych I can really um, focus on sport and then obviously life stuff when it comes to a normal psychologist and she asked me once because it's something that I'm still kind of working through now Um, and she asked me was there a particular time where I remember that I, I, I wouldn't say stop having confidence or was it just a moment where I can really remember um, it standing out that I just struggled with confidence. And I there's not really a particular point. Like I, I, I said to her, I felt like I was kind of born that way. Um whether that's right or wrong, I'm not sure. There could have been a moment in my life that I've blocked out. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm still working on trying to get to the root of that. But um, there's a few memories that I remember where I didn't, but I struggled before those um, mm-hmm. when I'm kind of thinking back. But going through school... Um, 
Well, and when when I say that, maybe if I clarify, not so much like say a specific mm. point or incident, but will you find like you had no problem getting up, going to school, like you were happy to go yeah, to school, and yeah, like had yeah. had mates and yeah. like played school sports and did all the the normal normal yeah. kid stuff. Yeah, I um well obviously I was good at sport. Um, I was so you were and was basketball something you stood out at when you were or like just all sports. Most sports, mm-hmm. yeah. Any anything that I tried, I, I generally were was pretty good at. Just toot my own horn. <laughs> no, no, toot away. Toot, toot. I need. I'm working we're on like the sound the effects, like a little bit of a plug there. It's like we're not on bad. That train. Yeah. Um, and I think sport gave me that outlet to just be able to be myself. Mm. But even sometimes playing sport, I was like, well, I don't know. I don't want to score too many baskets because I didn't want people to hate me, type thing. Mm. So it was really. It's so interesting when I I look back at you know, how I felt and stuff. But, yeah, I, I could go to school fine. Um, I, I've i always got along with people. Mm. Um, I've always been able to make friends. And But in saying that, like, along the way, sometimes, you know, I would have friends, but I would still feel lonely because I was struggling with um, how I viewed myself. And that, mm. and that was the biggest thing. It's just how my fear of people's perceptions of me, and that was probably something that I creative when I was younger Mm. um so that's when I'm saying you know not having confidence and stuff that's probably where it comes from people's my perceptions of people's perceptions of me something that people probably don't see it's like exactly yeah yeah as soon as you said that I can very much relate to that and probably more I think in my adult life as opposed to because I didn't know what I was doing when I was a kid you just and you probably don't get in or I know I didn't get into my head too much and Definitely didn't have problems playing sports going, I shouldn't score too many buckets here you know, or kick too many goals in footy. Never a problem for me. But right. um, <laughs> I'd be happy just to kick any. But um, the when you talk about, yeah, how you, you view yourself and I've always had a conflict where I've seen how people view me in what I do, whether it be when I played sport, with the work that I do, sometimes when I travel and there was this disconnect where I was like, they would tell me what they see and I just didn't see that at all. And it was, yeah, it can be, it's like almost like not so much total opposites, but yeah, that inner conflict that you have is like, oh, well, and it's, you can't really talk to it, especially as a kid, I imagine there's no one you can go and uh, go and talk to. So, um, and the fact that, and I probably misinterpreted that as well when you were like, oh, here I was thinking you were like the shy kid or, you know, just didn't put your hand up to get picked at sports and, and those sort of things. So, yeah, I appreciate you clarifying uh, clarifying yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and I think just looking back to, again, we'll, we'll talk more about some of those um, challenges that I've been through, but um, just the comparison, I, I had a, a big issue. And like still to this day, I, I still compare a lot. Um, it's something that I'm, I'm still trying to do less of but comparing myself to other people and that was because I wasn't happy with like who I was or you know why can't I just be funnier like this person or why can't I just look like this person or why uh, I just wish I had a little bit more of this it was always kind of like looking at someone else and reminding myself of what I didn't have just because I wasn't aware and I wasn't happy of what I or who I was and what I had so um, that's kind of, I guess, where it stemmed from. And that's taken a lot of work to kind of get there and understand that. And, you know, now and then things pop up. But 
it's more doing work with a psych, both sport and regular. Um, being able to kind of, well, my psych actually put it as I developed such a, a strong false sense of self when I was mm. younger. Yep. And so it's very, I have a very um, strong internal critic. But mm-hmm. being an athlete too, we're generally our worst critic as well. So put those two together, it was kind of a, it's been kind of a, a big recipe for, I wouldn't say disaster, but it's been um, something I've had to work hard at. Mm. And I'm aware of it now. So self-awareness has been a big thing to work on and just realizing that I, my, I wired my brain a certain way, uh, which is kind of false. Mm-hmm. And knowing now that if I start to fall into any sort of patterns, it could be big, could be small, that it's probably coming from this false sense of self that I'd created, yep. well, 28 years ago. Well, and that's that's what you're familiar with, right? That's right. like your strong suit that worked for you back then and then for have to, to try and change that. But the, the fact that you've acknowledged that you're aware of it and then go, okay, you can check in and then go, great, I'm no, this is my kind of auto response and then you can choose to shift into a into a different way of, of thinking yeah mm. yeah exactly so yeah it's been a long process and like when, when I talk about this stuff obviously I'm very honest with um, how I talk about myself and my journey and um, everyone goes to challenges every day mm. but um, look I, I'm gonna sit here and say that I, I'm still struggling like I was when I was younger there's been a, a lot of work done and I've come a long way and I'm, I'm happy where I'm at mm. um, but it, like everyone we always have challenges now and then and you start yep. to question some things, but that's just a part of being human. Yep. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a consistent thing. I think there's days where you feel great. <clears throat> there's days where you feel not so great. And I just know that it's going to, it's like a waves washing up on the beach. Like one day the wave might bring joy, happiness, ecstasy. The other day it might bring anxiety or sadness and just know that they're going to keep rolling up and then kind of get mm-hmm. used to them in a way, not feel like, oh, well, I'm sad today or whatever it may be. I'm anxious. I need to do something about it straight away. Just right. getting acceptance and getting familiar with them, acknowledging them and then knowing, having your sort of your toolkit to be able to, to deal with them when they when they come along. Yeah, so. for sure. And that's all, yeah, all part of learning the, about the journey. Mm. So speaking of the journey, yes. you went on a few of these as a kid. So you grew up uh, in Shepparton, is that yes, right? I did. Okay. Yep. My parents still live there. Yeah. Well, we. I grew up in a, in, on a farm in Talamba. Right. Well, Talamba, Marupna, but no one knows where. That I, is. I, well, I've heard of Marupna, <laughs> and I love how every. So I grew up in a small town too. I love how every state has like just random ass yeah. names yeah. about you know what the name of the place or where it's from and that sort of thing. So I've heard of Marupna, so that's good. We're off to a good start. We are, yep. yeah. Um, but, I, yeah, I mean, I just say I'm from Shepparton because it's a... Oh, um, easier. Yeah, mm. much easier. But um, it's probably about six six k's out of Marupna. Um, okay. My parents still live there. Just on, We lived on a hobby farm. Yep. Um, my parents uh, are in the medical field. Yep. So it was a good outlet for all of us just mm. to kind of be out there and... I loved growing up on the farm. It, I, I wouldn't take it back for anything. I think yeah. you have a, a greater appreciation for um, life and things, and you just learn to be creative from a young age, and mm. you know, make your make your own fun, um, go outside, connect with nature, all that sort of thing. And it's just some some of the stuff we did. Like we had a, a 
you know, a few little motorbikes and we'd play cops and robbers on the bikes. <laughs> yeah. And then we'd go out to the hay hay shed and be on the hay bales and we'd play Mario and Luigi and I'd be Princess, princess how, Peach. Okay, how did that... I've never heard of that game before, but I was... Who were you doing this with? My brothers. So right, I went to okay. one of brothers. Um, <laughs> so James, he always liked to be in control of um, most of the games that we played. So he was Mario. Yeah. Um, my other brother, Lockie, middle child, he was just always, you know, he just went with the flow. He was in mm. his own world. Cool guy. Um, he was Luigi. And then I was Princess Peach because I was the girl. <laughs> and I'd be stuck in between two hay bales and they'd have to come save me and... It, you know, just stuff like that when yep. you think back to it. And even, again, um, we would do, like, golf lessons on a Sunday morning. Yep. And so then we got um, some golf clubs and then we'd hit the golf ball into the paddock and then we'd go on the motorbike, pick up the ball, come back, do it again. Just, like, one ball at a time? Well, you know, a few, but, okay, right. you know, Dad would get annoyed at us because yep. we'd always lose them. Mm. We'd always lose the, um, the golf ball. So just little things little things like that and I just would create my own games too I'd go on my own random adventures mm. like I just we'd have a little billabong in the front yep. paddock and I'd just go and put a yabby net in there and go check it so uh, to those people who are <laughs> who are listening and uh, might be international guests of the Dustyama <laughs> show a billabong is a small pond or like lake that we have here and a yabby is like a, a freshwater, little freshwater crustacean yeah. crayfish situation. Sorry. Yeah. C- carry no on. good. Yeah, so billabong and yabbies. Yeah. Yep. Mm. And just, you know, just things like that. And we had a long driveway too. So when dad irrigated, do, do we need a... Um, uh, no, I think everyone knows what irrigation is. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's good. Yep. Um, we'd have water going down the, the little strip of grass in the, um, in the driveway and so we get on our bikes and we go down there and we just have a stick and we'd swirl the water and pretend we're making tea and then have a tea party. You know, right. just just so creative yeah. and fun. It, it it that like and we all had had our things. Like I said growing <laughs> up growing up in the country as well. I would it was often like playing by myself. I had an older sister, but uh, and I you know shout out to my sister Felicity, love you the bits. Um, you know she wasn't massive on me being around. You know <laughs> she was you know wanted to do stuff with her friends and and that felt, sort of thing. Felt that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> right I, here. Can understand why. <laughs> yeah, no. there's no Mario happening uh, <laughs> happening there, but uh, I would. I just remember like school holidays and. I was pretty conservative, you know. I wasn't just allowed to go like riding around town and and that sort of thing. Um, Mum wasn't big on me on me doing that, but so I'd, and we had a fairly big block. Like so, and you, you just as you said, you find stuff to do. Yeah. So I found this like axe, and I would just go out the front, and there's like this huge gum tree, and I'm not talking like this one would be. 30 meters tall, and I'd just start hacking away <laughs> at this gum tree, and I'd get dad would come home. He's like. Because you've been chopping that tree down again, and like they haven't put barely a dent in. It. I'm like, yeah. He goes, he goes. You want to maybe put some of that energy into actually chopping the wood that we're right. using, like our fire and stuff. And yeah, how I didn't lose a toe or burn the house down because I had a bit of a fascination with fire and stuff uh, as well. But yeah, yeah thankfully, I feel like um, we all did. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, yes, yeah. Especially I feel like then, everyone does now too. Oh, you go Another around match, maybe a few extra. Yes, things. well. Uh, before these uh, 
these social distancing times, times yeah. are in, you know, there's always someone like when you go camping, young, <laughs> young, young person. Yeah. Yep. And the, A, like they're a closet pyro. <laughs> they just need to keep adjusting the fire. And you're looking back, you're like, it's fine, bro. Like yeah. it's burning. So no, nah, no, nah, just like get yeah, in here. Yeah. Or the, like you throw, like if you ever go to like a bonfire oh, that, and that's different. That's then different. You'd, people would throw stuff like we'd throw deodorant cans Ooh. on there and not tell people <laughs> and then never realizing they're like someone could lose an eye or like, <laughs> yeah. but I heard the other day some people reckon they used to chuck baked bean cans on there oh, and I then they go that. and like wow. blow up and then you just get hit with, like, <laughs> like with the baked bean, less deadly apparently. Oh, we should have tried that one being in uh, Shepparton, SPC mm. baked beans and spaghetti. Was that nearby? Well, Shepparton Preserving Company, SPC. Oh. Yeah. I, I knew you would find a way to get like an authentic Shepparton <laughs> plug yeah. in there. Well, yeah. yeah. So if you shop at the supermarket, um, choose SPC because um, support local businesses mm. and homegrown people like myself. Yes. And look, you know, I'm sure you ate your baked beans growing up. Oh, right, straight out yeah. the tin. So, and by the way, yeah, SBC, if you're listening, um, not sure who your parent company is, but very <laughs> open to having a sponsor on the Dusty Allen show uh, as well. So, right. and I think we'll probably have a, an ambassador here as well in Maddie Garrett. Would you yes. be an SPC ambassador? Well, absolutely would. Mm. Yeah. We'll work on that. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously I'll take a cut if anything, uh, anything comes out right, uh, right. that way. Yeah. So grew up in the bush and... Remember you've told me previously, at what age did you start to know that you, were, you A, wanted to, or B, were good enough to play at a above average level or a, or a higher level? So, obviously, being a country girl, I loved being outside. I didn't spend a whole lot of time indoors. And, again, being good at sport, I liked just trying all different types of sports. So, I actually grew up doing like athletics but netball was my main sport mm-hmm. um and because i had my two older brothers i just copied everything that they did so you know i, I wore their clothes mm-hmm. i thought i was a boy when i was younger um i hung out with their friends i just thought they were the coolest things ever and mum and dad put them into an after school basketball competition just for you know social connection staying fit active all, all those reasons and of course, I had to... Well, they were playing, so I had to play. Yep. And so I actually started playing basketball a lot later than my peers. Right. So I started when I was 11, and a lot of basketball players, uh, not not everyone, but a lot of them start when, you know, they're seven, eight years old. And I just started because of my brothers, and I liked it. And it was probably when I was... I think I was 15 when I really had to decide between netball, basketball, um, and which one I was going to... How'd you go at at netball? And what position did you play? Well, if you ask my mum, she'd tell you that I was a better netballer than I was basketball. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's, it's really funny because for whatever reason, I just felt like I connected a lot better with basketball people. Mm-hmm. I love the the game more because you're kind of more involved and there's more things that you could do. And but it's just it's so weird because I just felt like I connected differently and better with basketball people. For whatever reason. Like I got I got along well with all my, my netball friends and and all that, but there was just something about basketball that drew me to it. Mm. Um so I did start I used to be like a goal defender when I first started and then over the years I ended up being a goal attack, just running around catching them, 
I was going to say the basketball, catching the netball in the air. I, I don't know. I just loved it. When was the last yeah. time you played netball? Oh, good question. Probably when I was like 16. Okay. Oh, actually, no, that's a lie. No, I'm not sure. Maybe seven. No, I don't remember. Right. Yeah. Not, not, re- time, not recently, though. Yeah. Definitely okay. not recently. And... Yeah. Growing up, did you get to? I'm guessing how big Shepparton or uh, is it Marupna? Marupna. Sorry. Should we Google? And did you have to play on? Did you get to play on indoor courts? Like no. You played no. on the 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 bitumen. Oh, yeah. Same. Yeah. I like. Them. I know it makes you sound like a grumpy old person, but the kids these days don't know what they, it's like to play on like the blacktop and stuff. Some netballs, granted still play like outdoors so and so and more power to them but having to learn how to play because if you fell over pretty much oh is it right game done yeah yeah yep. yeah mm. yeah it blood rule for the rest of the mm. game and you yeah. didn't really want to be there doing it like playing anyway because it was bloody cold yeah no no good so anyone who ever complains about it being too hot playing in a uh in some sort of like rec center or anything these days you need yeah. to just check yourself i think i played one game in netball I would have been maybe 13, 14, and I have never been so cold in my entire mm. life. I couldn't even catch the ball, yep. <laughs> and it hit me in the face. Oh, no. And no. I thought no. my whole face had just, like, uh, had just had an imprint of the, the ball, pretty mm. much, and it was just all shriveled up, and it was raining, it was freezing. Oh, I just, I can't even explain it. I, that was the first time I ever questioned whether I wanted to be an athlete. Oh, like well, that yeah, like <laughs> playing footy like outside. I was like a teenager, and yeah. you're cold, you're wet, and you're like, nah, mm, like I've, for me. nah, I, I don't think so. Yeah, you know, but and maybe that's why I, I chose basketball because we played indoors. Mm, smart. Uh, and it's mainly oh, well, it goes all year round, but the main season's in summer, so maybe it was a blessing in mm. disguise. I think yeah, having it been like a summer sport. Well, we. Got a rec center, I say rec center, indoor basketball course when I was about 15, 16. And then we'd go play like in the country championships and stuff. Um, and you'd play against these teams, towns, schools, whatever, who've been playing with indoor courts for years. Oh, yeah. And these kids can all shoot. Yeah. Right. Because we had to, like, you know, if you're lining one up, you know, from downtown, <laughs> and you got to check what the wind's doing wind. and that sort of stuff. Could yeah. be raining, whatever. And yeah. yeah, these kids were just making buckets and we were. Yeah, light years behind. You know, you learn you can actually take a charge and not have to get stitches you know, afterwards <laughs> right. and stuff. Yeah. Right. Well, that, that explains your performance on a Tuesday night. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> I'm a very, very basic basketball. I thought, like, it's funny. And you're probably very polite like when you came and said, oh, you did good and this and that. And I think that game, um, I stunk it up a little bit. But did you, you a lot. got off, right? Yeah, did yeah. I think got a tech as yeah. well. Yeah, all That's that sort of thing. Yeah, to, you know, got the full full house. <laughs> And then, yeah, you watch yourself play back. And, like, you're a professional basketball, and I've watched plenty of your highlights. Like, you you look good. I was watching it with, like, Dan and some of the support bras, fellas, and a guy came down and recorded one of our games, and it's just trash. Like, it, like <laughs> you think you're doing okay. I'm like, oh, it was pretty awesome. Then I was like, it's just a layup. You know, like, even times I've watched myself play footy before, you think, oh, we're all right there. Then you watch it back, and you're like, mm, nah, that was as lo- as a long soft as you feel effort. good in the, in the moment, mm, that's all agreed. that matters. Yeah, I think, yeah. you know, look good, feel good, all that yeah. sort of stuff. So, 
And when you you started playing ball, so there would have been a lot of travel involved, yes? Like from, let's say, how far is Shepparton from Melbourne? Well, I was playing for Bulleen Boomers as right. a junior. And so from my place to... Mate, you made your debut at 16 years old, is that right? And like playing professional uh, basketball? Yeah, I think so. Is that what it said on Wikipedia? So that's what Wikipedia <laughs> said, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, there you yeah, go. yeah, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Um, mm. Yeah, but I was, I think I started under 14s, mm. traveling to Melbourne. So, yeah, from my place to the Sheehan's Road. Yep. Um, if anyone knows Bulleen, then they know Sheehan's oh, Road. Oh, is it a notorious yeah. sort of. Uh, the basketball stadium. Right, okay. Um, it was about two hours, 15 minutes. Yep. Um, one way, obviously. And so I did that for six years. Twice a week, Friday nights, Sunday, um, for training. And the older that I got, the later the games got. So I was playing a game at 9.40 at night. And, you know, if there was overtime or the other game was delayed for whatever reason, and then I'd go back home um, after the game. Sometimes we wouldn't get home till 2, 3 o'clock in mm. the morning. And it was okay for me because I could just sleep. I just slept yep. all the time. Or I just would play Game Boy, you know, listen to yep. my Discman or something. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, some real, uh, date, really dating the references there and stuff. <laughs> I'm really not yeah. doing myself mm. anyway. Yeah, if anyone wants yeah. to know what a Discman is, um, yeah, you can just Google it. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, but, you know, for my parents, obviously, they were driving um, all the time. So to do that for six years, and that was just one part of the week, so Friday, mm. Sunday, and get up four or five o'clock Sunday morning to do an individual before practice. What's an individual? Um, so it's uh, just a one-on-one training session with your coach. Oh, okay. So specific to your position and your skills and what you need to work on and stuff. Would every player on a team do that or you just had like a specialist skills coach at that stage? Most players do individuals right. with coaches because if you want to be better, you've got to do extra yep. work. Um, and sometimes you can do, we call them indies. Yep. Um, Sometimes you can do it with teammates, but yeah, I just wanted to make the most out of it and get better, and so we do that before practice. Yeah, nice. Uh, yeah. And then you, so that obviously became the the norm. And then did any stage, like once you say finish school, that sort of stuff, did you move to Melbourne? Like where were you? Where were you playing after that? Well, I started training with the so going back to the Friday Sundays in Melbourne. During the week on Tuesday, Thursdays, I was traveling to Bendigo, which is about an hour and a half from my place, uh, which was the first WNBL team that I um, started training with. And they had a game in, so the AIS used to be in the um, WNBL. And my coach had called me up and said, hey, we're playing uh, in Canberra this weekend against the AIS uh, we think, I thought it might be a good idea to get you some exposure against the AIS coaches. Yep. He's like, um, we can't, we don't have the budget to fly you up there, but if you make your own way up, we can give you some time mm-hmm. against them. So I did that. Mum drove me up to Canberra and... Um, How far drives that? Uh, from Chev, I think it was about s- over six hours. All right, okay. Yeah. So that's a fair... Fair way. Fair step. Yep. Well, one way. Mm-hmm. Um and so, yeah, did that, and I reckon it was maybe a week or two later, the AIS coach rang up and said, hey, we saw you play, um, we're, we've got a scholarship here if you want to come up and have a look. And I'd actually applied for a scholarship with a different coach uh, the year beforehand and got denied. Right. 
And so... Where? Pardon? Where? Who who shut you down? Oh. Nah, I Can't won't say? say okay. Nah. All right. Nah. Like, domestically, I though. won't say. Dean Kinsman. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Come on, Dean. Look what you've done now, mate. Yeah, right. Um, so, yeah, then I uh, went up and had a tour around the AIS and went on scholarship not that long after. And... So, then, and how old were you at this stage? Like 17, was, 18? Yeah, I was 17 yeah. when I went yep. um, okay. to yeah, the AIS. And I was and there for two years. Full time? Yeah. Yep. So do you study and stuff while you're yeah. there as well? So right. I, I actually had to move in year 12, right. which is a challenge of its own. Yeah, okay. Because, you know, you go through your whole schooling year years, usually at the same school with, your, you know, your group of friends and that sort of thing. And then to change schools, not only the school and like different friends and teachers, but a whole different schooling system. Mm. So they did HSC rather than yep. BCE. So that's a bit different. Still don't understand what the differences are. We, so we, don't we, ask me. we did TEE in <laughs> WA, so who knows? Just all the letters. So and, I couldn't yep. tell you. Um, yeah, so that was uh, that was a, a, a big change. And then I, I took a gap year as well yep. um, after that. So I had some time to focus on basketball. Yeah, nice. After that, before uni. Right. And what did you study at uni? Um, I did a Bachelor in Exercise and Sports Science. Right. Okay. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. yeah. You wouldn't have guessed it. Nah. <laughs> hate, hates exercise. Yeah. Not a, not, a, not a sport person. No, nah, not at all. Okay. So now your basketball career took off and like, no offense, mm-hmm. not here too much to talk about your basketball career. I think it's well documented. You've yeah. achieved a lot of success. Apparently, Wiki's got it all. Wikipedia, that's yeah. fine. You know, you want to look up all that sort of stuff, like the stats. Like, I'm curious to know, like, it's taken a, I suppose, a different trajectory in the last two years. Like, I've known you probably about two years or so. Yeah. And... I, I will get to what you're kind of up to in the moment, but I want to like go back to you've played you've played basketball internationally, uh, yes. in Turkey. Yes, is that right? Yeah. Uh, is it Botas? Botas, Bota, uh, Botas, yeah. Botas. Botas. Okay. If it's got an S with a little thing down thing the bottom, it? it's like a sh. Botas. Okay. I'm not fluent in Turkish. Right. So. Well, I wanted to know like when you when you went there, um, playing professional basketball. What was that like? When you, so, obviously, they give you a call, like, yo, we've seen you hooping. <laughs> yeah. You're going, yo, imagine exactly what they're doing. Yo, yo, yeah, yo. <laughs> yo. And you're hooping, and and I'm trying to drop a bit of lingo here to make myself sound like I have some semblance sure. of idea yeah. of what's happening in the basketball world these well. days. Thank you. Um, so, they give you the call, and then are you just like, what sort of stuff do you need to know, like, depending on where you want to go play? Obviously, you know, financially, they want it needs to be like worth your while. Mm-hmm. And do you like who do you speak to? Do you speak to the coach? Do you speak to like a club president or other players? Or what did that look like? Well, it came from my agent. So I have a, a basketball agent, mm-hmm. and um, he's connected obviously to uh, well, pretty much any basketball thing around yep. the world. And I had talked to him the previous season of WNBL about the possibility of doing a short-term Euro contract um, after that season. So this was two years ago. But I had a few injuries and stuff that I needed to get sorted and it just didn't happen in that in that space. And previous to that, I just wasn't ready to, um, again, didn't think I was ready to um, go over to Europe. Um, so then during the WNBL season last year, 
Um, so the, what are we in, 2018-19 season, I think. No. Yep, that's right. Um, I, had, I was speaking to my agent and he was like, is that something you, you still want to do, do a short term? Because our, our season length had changed a few years prior to finishing a lot um, earlier than it pre- previously had. Yep. So it allowed us to be able to um, go and source out short-term contracts like that. And I said, yep, let's do it. I think, you know, I'm ready to do it this time. It got to the end of the season and he was like, you know, this is really weird. There's not any positions anywhere, um, well, any yeah, positions available in your spot. There's a so I'm a, a two man, mm-hmm. um, and there was only like a three four position um, available somewhere else. And I'm imagining you weren't going to grow. Um, well, would you if you if you say like hypothetically you're going to play like a three or four? Would you need to grow a few centimeters? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'd have to be at least like six two. Okay. At least. Well, if you know, if you eat your carrots and that sort of stuff, well, yeah, spinach. Who knows? I mean, it's definitely a myth because I've tried it. <laughs> <laughs> um. So then I could, I'd written that off mm-hmm. and uh, we'd finished our season. It'd been like another two weeks and I was kind of stuck in this cycle of not knowing what I was going to be doing next. And kind of, um, it wasn't a great space to be in because, you know, I wasn't in the Opal squ- uh, squad and they were all getting ready for camp or whatever was coming up. might have been the World Championships or something. And I was kind of like, I was going to the gym. I didn't know, like with my ankle and stuff, whether I was going to be able to play a full off-season league, I just, and then we had obviously lost abruptly um, in the, was that the big grant? No, semis, we'd lost in the semis that year, and it was kind of just a period of uncertainty and just not feeling great about what I was doing, mm-hmm. and then my agent called me two weeks later and said, hey, I might have a, um, a, a six-week deal for you in Turkey, do you want to take it, and of course, I went there for the basketball because I needed that experience. But it was more I took it because I just needed to get out of the cycle that I was in. Yep. Um, and I ended up being there for two months. And it was the best experience that I've, I've had, or one of the best experiences I've had. And it was just because I was in a different country, around new people I didn't know, new environment. Um, it was challenging with some of the language barriers. Mm. Um but it was the most challenging but rewarding experience that I've ever done. And I'd do it again in a heartbeat. But um, so going back, that was a very long window. No, no, answer. we got time. It's all good. <laughs> Nothing but time. Mm. Um, so my agent had sourced that out for me and he had done most of the negotiating and contract stuff. And um, I was very lucky with the club that I went to that they were very professional and pretty much everyone except for my coach spoke English. But my assistant coach was very fluent in um, English, so he would just translate as my coach would be talking. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it was. Does that make it hard for the coach to give you a spray if they want to, you know, give you a spray about something and like you don't know what they're <laughs> saying? Do they translate the sprays? Yeah, they do. And look, they're. Very I suppose you generally you, you generally know though. It doesn't yeah, need to be translated. You have you have an idea, but you know if you don't think you you're in the wrong you just be like i don't i didn't understand sorry <laughs> the old yep. you know translation yep. error um so yeah I, and as i said all of my teammates pretty much spoke english 
as well. So I was very lucky in that sense. And there was an uh, American on my team um, who I ended up being really good friends with. Um, and she helped me a lot with everything settling in. So um, it was awesome. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, I enjoyed following along and, uh, you know, all the uh, the translations of, uh, you know, some things about rages like, you know, I think assist translated to oh, it, like yeah, assist yeah, and block. block. Yeah, just need a few blocks. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And would, is it like opportunities like that still going to, like, is it things like that still on the table or is it more like a year by year proposition if you were to do a, to get a, a shorter term Euro contract? Uh well, it's kind of difficult with everything. Well, going I suppose on yeah, current current times yeah. Yeah, in in normal mm. circumstances. Normal circumstances. Well, I was actually probably going to go play a full season in Europe. Right. Um, this season, but again, with everything that's happened in the world and flipped upside down, um, I'm not sure that's going to happen. Um, but yeah, their season's a lot longer than ours, right. so they'll they go for like nearly eight months, I reckon. Yep. And ours only goes for what October to we'll start of March now. Yep. Um, and so there, there's still the possibility, like in a normal world, uh, even us finishing, you can still go short term mm-hmm. um, Euro deals as well. So, um, but as I said, everything's kind of been flipped on its head and a little bit more difficult. So that's kind of going to be a bit postponed for me um, in pursuing that properly. Right. Well, I know you've been, you know, given uh, not to not to date the the podcast, but you know, obviously, you know, we're we're recording this in uh, socially socially distant times, and uh, yeah, for those for those concerned, we've got to take measure, and we're uh, you know we're we're keeping our distance here yes. in the uh, in the spacious spacious studio, and studio, yep. you've you've I want to talk. Uh, 3x3. Is that how you... What is it? 3x3? 3, 3 3x3. 3, 3x3. Yeah, yes, got I got it right. I was going to say something like 3 on yourself. 3. I oh, know. I know. Back myself. Just go with it. Um, how did that come about? Like, obviously, you're playing for Australia and you guys are, you know, running the table, all that sort of stuff. How did that opportunity mm-hmm. come about? I... So, it was a few years ago. I was taking the off-season again. I think it was around the time... Uh, no, it would have been there season beforehand again had some ongoing ankle injuries um that I had to take some time off to get into the gym and just kind of rehab and work on some little niggles that I had and I wasn't playing in the off-season league and I had a call from a guy at Basketball Australia saying hey would you be interested in playing 3x3 we're sending a team to um this thing called the Asia Cup um, or FIBA Asia Cup, and it's in China, blah, 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 would love to have you involved. And that's how it started. I was okay. like, yep, let's give it a go. And um, now it's a thing. So can you tell me any of the names of the places that you played in China in the 2018 or 2019 Asia Cup? Pronounce, well, can you pronounce them? Shenzhen. Shenzhen's, Shenzhen's right? pretty good, yeah. Uh, and Chengdu, is that right? Oh yes, you're right. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't scroll down yeah. far enough on Come Wikipedia on there. Um, what's what's that one? Oh, Chang- Changsha. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah so, I've, yeah. And now <laughs> I know I've asked you this like a lot of times, but given you forgetting. Uh, 
current situations. Yep. Still on the cards to get an Olympic berth in yeah, that? Yeah. So we were supposed to have our Olympic qualification tournament in India at the end of March yep. this year. But again, everything that's gone on, it's been postponed, like the Olympics. So um, that's still trying to be worked out and everything. Um, we, at the moment, just assume that it would go ahead as it was going to this year. Um, but yeah, we had qualified for the Olympic qualifying tournament. So we're still trying to qualify for next year's Olympics. Right. Which okay. is really cool. It'd be awesome, one, to go to an Olympic yes. Games, but to be on a team... Um, in a sport that's debuting, mm. be a trailblazer in that sense would be incredible. Yeah. Well, definitely. I fingers crossed it all comes comes along because I've yeah tuned into to a couple of games when you're playing in the uh, the tournaments overseas, and it's bloody good fun. So I recommend anyone who does get the chance to to follow along. It's uh, yeah quite uh, a different version of uh, of of basketball as far as just how quickly it moves, and you kind of don't even as a fan watching, you don't really have a chance to to catch your breath very much. No, not at all. It's, it's kind of similar to Tuesday Night Basketball, the support bras. Correct. Yeah, yeah there's a lot, lot going on. <laughs> and, you know, and even it's probably the same thing as well, like, you know, the 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 10.30 time slots and stuff that yeah. we have, or 10.10, that sort of thing. So and, uh, the physicality. Yeah, yeah it's, it's physical. Yeah. yeah. And there's probably... Same, similar score lines as well, given yeah. that we play for 40 minutes and you play for like 10, <laughs> 10. or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So... So that's sort of happening, and now that seasons are on hold, sports like around the world, I've noticed that you're you okay. You're killing it on social media <laughs> right now. So you know your TikTok game strong. You know, hence where I was checking if you really are like a savage. You right. know, like doing like the so. A recommend uh, follow Maddie on TikTok. What's your TikTok handle? I think it's just Maddie Garrett. Maddie I'm Garrett. still trying to get used to. Or my head around TikTok. I'm, I'm still a very, very much an Instagram girl, an Instagram story girl. Yep. Um, but yeah, I am trying to lift my TikTok game. Well, I don't have one. Yeah, you know, and I thought about it, and some mates sent me through some stuff, and I'm just like, you know what? It's just another platform that I don't need to be investing <laughs> right. time in and stuff. And I find most people actually put their content on Instagram anyway, right. like their TikTok stuff. So, yeah. But you've started doing some stuff like baller beats. Yes. Um, how'd that come about? Like, so you're doing these rad videos and stuff, um, and you actually <laughs> have had a bit of a to do with um, Red Foo. Is that right? Oh yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, yep. I um, I just tagged him in one of the TikToks that I did, or the Baller Beats videos that I did, and I was like, just throw it out there, see how we go, and because um, it was to one of his songs, and yeah, he did the old repost and challenged me to play some basketball with him but whether that happens or not doesn't matter well, i think we could we could make it happen because you're on a, sure. you're on a roll surely. surely yeah and and you showed him up so it's on him right, to be able right. to uh, to outdo like, you I'm and not stuff sure, but yeah i'm not sure who, if he knows who he's dealing with but he doesn't yeah. know <laughs> yeah the you know a girl who's you know is like a savage you know uh, Shepherd is, and savage like, yeah. a princess as well you know princess peach or oh, whatever yeah, it is course, that yeah. sort of thing no 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 it's on record you, know, you <laughs> right. said just uh you know i said we do we do the research um now you did touch on before as well that had a had a great yeah you know, and are having like a you know, great career that sort of stuff you know growing up great that sort of thing but 
I suppose not everything was always easy for you. And you touched on, you know, being, uh, you know, not having, having, uh, being a confident kid and that sort of stuff. But you've also and been quite uh, open about some of the, you know, the the mental health uh, obstacles that you've overcome, you know, uh, you know, personally, professionally, that sort of stuff. And yeah, um, yeah I'd love to to talk to you more about that because it's something that I'm personally very passionate about is um, people being open and honest about the the mental health struggles that they may have because I, I truly believe it's like any other health that you have whether it's your physical health or your mental health you need to invest time and resources uh, into into both to to be able to to maintain them but yeah how what's your um what would you say some of the obstacles that you've overcome from a from a mental health aspect well the biggest one that comes to mind and it was a big part of my career and um changes me as a person was when I was about 15 I had a, a really bad eating disorder and anytime that I talk about it I, I always point out the fact that with eating disorders it's uh, tricky sometimes to for people looking um, at you that they see the physical changes and that they think it's a physical thing but the it's a it's a mental illness um, and the biggest changes and the scariest things that happen are the ones that happen in your mind. Right. Um, and just the way that your whole world, that the, the way that you see yourself and the way that you see the rest of the world, that lens that you see yourself and the world through is completely distorted. Um, and that kind of goes back to that false sense of self as mm. well. So yep. add that on top of already seeing the world completely different to reality. Mm-hmm. Um a recipe for disaster. Um, but, you know, I was lucky enough to kind of, um, I had a great support around me, even though I disliked a lot of people. I became a lot of, uh, like, paranoid about everything in my mm-hmm. life. Um, but, you know, I had parents that were working in the medical field. Like, my, my dad's a pediatrician. So, um, they helped me. When I got to that point, it was... When I when I think back to the whole um, experience, a lot of it is a bit of a blur too, whether that's a way that my mind's kind of um, shut it out to cope with it or whether I just didn't have the mental ability to remember it um, or I just don't remember the details because... But there's a lot that I do remember and that, that's the, the parts that I talk about. But um, it probably... I think it went on for at least... A, over a year were you yeah. when when you were in it like is it something that you're aware of at the time or is it literally your reality is like this is what I see this is what I feel and you saying before it's different to maybe what other people see like in you and like when like when does something like that can you pinpoint where like what its origin point is like where it starts or mm-hmm. like what does that look like uh, so for me, my starting point was after a national basketball championship and there's kind of two parts to it. Now the second part, it's come about after looking back and kind of breaking it down. But at the time I had just finished this, uh, nationals and I just wanted to, I wanted to be better. So as an athlete, you're always striving to be better. You, I wanted to be the best on the court, on the team, um, in my age group. I just wanted to be so much better. 
the why did I want to do that other than just being an athlete came later on. Um, and so I, I came home and I just started working out more. I started researching on the internet ways to get fitter and um, a lot of nutrition advice had come up. At 15 or 16, I, I, I didn't know how to decipher between good and bad information or what worked. I didn't know a lot about my body. Mm-hmm. I already have a body type that my metabolism is very fast. And, you know, I was already working out a lot. So I was just kind of getting all this information and feeding such a, a false um, idea of what I should have really been doing. Um, and then the other part to it was now that I've had time to really sit back and reflect over years of why I did that, it was because, um, as I said, there's the athlete part, but it was the whole part that I wasn't, wasn't happy with who I was. Um, I wasn't happy with what I looked like. I thought, you know, if I just, um, looked a bit better than that, or if I was just a bit fitter than I would play better, which means more people would like me. Um, if I was just a little bit of this, then this would happen. So that's come with looking back and breaking it down. But yeah, it's, it's just so interesting and controlling my body and what I was eating and how I looked, what it gave me some control of my life. Cause I felt like mm. every part of me, I did not have control over the way I looked, the way my personality, um, the way that I played all that sort of stuff. Being able to control something, it well, being able to focus on something that I can control, felt that I just became so um, obsessed with that. Um, and it, I felt like most of my life I didn't have control over. So mm. it gave me something to focus on and I just became obsessed. Yeah. Yep. Um, what... What did you learn, like, from knowing what you know now? Mm-hmm. Like, is there anything that you could have or would have like, done differently, you know, back then? Mm-hmm. Um, I would have definitely asked for professional help if I wanted to, um, if, if I wanted to look better, mm-hmm. go on a nutrition plan yeah. or something or and be honest in, in that thing. But it's hard. Like, it's hard to be able to... Th- express what you really think and how you really feel and particularly with something that you already know people wouldn't understand. Mm. Um, so people ask me whether I regret it. Mm. Um, there's parts of it I wouldn't say I regret because overall it's given me a lot to be able to um, strive for and I learned a lot about myself. Like I was 15 and I hit rock bottom. Um, at 15, which was uh, just crazy because, again, going back to the mental illness thing, I was, at at 15, I was depressed all the time. I was paranoid and angry. Um, I was just so focused on this whole thing or something around it. Every single second that I was breathing and living and doing something was... I was just consumed by thoughts around eating, exercising, the way I looked, people's perceptions of me. Like there was not one quiet moment. And it was just so annoying. So, yeah, I wouldn't – I don't regret it. There's obviously I wish I had 
done more about it in the right way. Mm. Um, and I, I, you know, I think sometimes if I hadn't done that, where might it have led, led me? Yep. But then I'm such a strong believer in that that was supposed to be my path and it's made me who mm. I am today. Um, and I've learned a lot about myself and um, helping other people and telling my story in, in doing that. And that was the way that I was supposed to go. Yep. I think, and hearing hearing you say that, there's, I, I really like the way that you articulate that. It's like that was your path and your lessons to learn. And I, I don't like when people say, oh, everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. I, I actually don't believe that. However, I think that there is a lesson in everything that happens yeah. to us, good and bad. And the, the way that you speak about that is, yeah, I, you know, when people ask you, oh, you like, do you regret it and stuff, I always feel like that's not a, not a fair question to really ask because like, well, you were just do it. You're making sense of what your, what your world was back then. Right? right. And yeah, the way that you look at it now is like, it's something that has in a weird sense made you who you are, like the, per- the, the person that we see today. And it's something that you learned like along your journey as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to know like, what advice would you give to young women or young men or young athletes or just teenagers, that sort of stuff? Um, knowing what you know now? Uh, I, I say this every time that asking for help in whatever sense that is, um, is extremely difficult, but it's actually the strongest thing that you can do. I think some people see it as a weakness because, you know, some people don't want help because it's like, oh, well, I'm weak then. No, I can't, I mm. can't handle it myself. But um, that's what other people are, are there for. People are um, professionals in in areas to be able to help like psychologists, nutritionists, and that's just um, obviously related to this particular thing. But if you ask for help, you are actually one of the strongest people Mm. Um, and it should never be seen as a weakness. But, you know, you have to be comfortable enough and find the right way or the right people and environment where it's non-judgmental and you feel safe in in that sense too. Um, but look, just speak up. And I, again, I say this too, just, just, just speak even if your, your voice shakes. Yep. Yeah, I, I feel that, yeah. I've had some powerful conversations with friends in the past and one of the things that stays with me is you know, always speak your truth even if it makes your voice tremble because that's yep. the... And in being vulnerable in these things, there's a power in that that no one can take anything away from you. If you lay your cards on the table and say, yep. this is who I am, this is what you get, no one can hang any shit on you or say whatever they want because you're like, well, here I am, you know, whereas I think going back to when you said that you were younger and there's an inner conflict or I, like I said, me as an adult, I've often felt that I'm, when I'm not being, and it sounds cliched and corny, when I'm not being true to myself, that's what hurts the most because you're not, you're not living your life the way you want to, you're living Mm -hmm. it based on comparison, what you, other people see in you, what you think you should live into uh, as well. So. And I think doing that, it brings you closer to the person that you're supposed to become and yep. closer to that real sense of yourself. Mm. Um, but I'm the same. Like, um, I'm a terrible liar too. Like, I'm, I'm very honest in that in that fact. And, and that's taken time for me to be able to be honest and, yep. and be able to speak about how I feel. Because, you know, some days people are like, how are you going? You don't want to be like, oh, you know, like, I, you mm. know this. And you don't want to be a burden. Mm. But at the same time, you know, they're asking for a reason. But... You just got to be um, honest, and I'll 
I'll give a good plug out there to um, um, a lady, Brene Brown. I don't know whether you've heard I'm of aware. her. I'm aware, yes. Makes yep. some very, very good, uh, some good content, yes. Really great content and... Um, I think she's, she's a big fan of the show, I think. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, that's why I'm giving her a plug because <laughs> yep. uh, Renee Brown, if you're out there, <laughs> come on down. <laughs> um, yeah, I listen to a lot of uh, her, I guess, TED Talks and mm. interviews with Oprah and she's got a show on Netflix. Um, and she was, particularly in the last couple of years, like I've been through um, some personal stuff in the last few years away from basketball um, and listening to her stuff... For someone who studied shame and vulnerability for, I think it was like 12 years, um, that's been a big part of, you know, recent mm. um, Maddie. So, um, yeah, we're getting real deep now, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> we, it's interesting, a point you brought up before <laughs> about, yeah, a point you, you brought up before about um, when you say, like, how you're actually going and being, being honest with that sort of stuff. I found it's a... A throwaway line sometimes, particularly like in Australia. We're like, how are you going? Yeah. And people are like, yeah, good, thanks. It's just yeah. automatic. You don't even it's think auto, think yeah. about it, right? And yeah. sometimes I find people would ask me, they go, how are you going? And I'm like, oh, me being honest is like, I'm all right. Yeah. Or I say, oh, you know, and I'll never, I'll never say to someone, I feel like shit. I feel like shit. <laughs> I'm sad, you know. Yeah. But I'll also say, oh, a bit flat today, a bit off. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, and they're kind of taken aback. Yeah. And I actually stopped. If I was like, say, having a flat day, I stopped saying, how are you going to people? Because that would be automatic for me. Like, how are you going? I'd just be like, hello, or yeah. good morning, if it's yeah. like at the office. And it's nothing against those people, but I would often find people would challenge when they go to me, how are you going? I go, well, I'm having a bit of a rough time. And they're like, yeah. oh, they weren't actually prepared yeah. to find out how you're going. Right. And I just find it fascinating. It's such a throwaway line. And we've got these words that we that have meaning and we don't use them. And also... I would sometimes have this inner conflict of like, well, don't ask me how I'm going if you don't care. <laughs> yeah. Like it's like a, and it just felt weird. Like there's even certain times like, you know, at, in work situations where you walk past her and like, I'm going to get a coffee or whatever. They go, how are you going? You're like, oh, yeah, good, thank you. It's like you trail <laughs> off and, or then you'll say to someone, how are you going? Oh, well, and then they start talking. You're like, I wish I hadn't asked. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, um, yeah. And again, you don't want to be that person. No. Yeah. No. So I agree with you with that. Yeah. And don't it's get me wrong. I know people, but I would, I would just encourage people to think about the words that you use yeah. and maybe be prepared to find out how someone is going. Mm-hmm. And as I said, like I'm passionate about mental health and particularly from like a men's perspective because we yeah. don't talk. We know and we know we don't. And there's so many great initiatives out there like your your movembers and your you know your pucker up with wayne schwass and um are you okay day and um those sort of things and i've found particularly one i took issue with and i know this is my thing is the old are you okay a great initiative and it's literally you know you put a picture up on social media it's like yeah are you okay and the 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 um symbol you do with your hands and stuff and that challenged me because I find it's very easy to do that, to put something on social media, you know, oh, say sure. like the slacktivism, if you want to call it, it's like, that's yeah, easy. And it, it is a show of support and this and that, but, and I, I'm lucky enough to have done some work like with uh, some Movember people and what they found out is a lot of men in particular say that they're there for their mates, but they don't quite know what that looks like when 
things are not going so well. Like they want to be there. Like, oh, well, having a bit of a rough time. Oh, yeah, okay, well, let's have a beer. Let's yeah, yeah, gamble. Right. Let's talk about the footy yeah. or that sort of stuff instead of like digging into it. And I think the regular sort of check-ins that I have with a lot of my mates is like, they'll be like, hey, you going? Oh, yeah, a bit off today. And I'll just ask questions. I'm not yeah. trying to solve their problems and that sort of stuff. And that's what I've I've learned in my experience that, that is a small help in the, and normalizing the, oh, I'm a bit flat today or I'm a bit sad. That's okay. Doesn't mean you're depressed. Doesn't yeah. mean that you're not able to perform your job or whatever it may be and go, oh, great. Oh, that's that's no good. And, mm. you know, you work at it. And it's 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 hard. It's not it's not easy, but yeah, I think the 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 work that you're in and the experience that you bring make you such a stronger person, you know. And then the fact that you actually share this like is super powerful. And I, I'm not saying that to to piss in your pocket, but I'm really big on that sort of stuff. And I hope a lot of people listen to this and can and hear that uh, hear that message as well. So yeah, and I think from being a, a athlete too, I know I did it when I was younger. You look at you look at your role models or these incredible athletes and you just think that their journey from starting to being where they are now is just a straight line of success Mm. and it's really not so me being able to tell my story um kind of personalize it to everyone Mm. not just athletes not just you know this person that person is just putting people on the same um level as someone who might be an elite athlete Mm. and because we all with the same challenges and and then um flip that elite athletes go through the same things as um i don't want to say regular people because people are doing a lot of amazing mm. things but they might just not be like labeled as an elite athlete mm. or something but it's just a regular problem mm. um that all sorts of different people go through so um and i say it again every time if i can tell my story and help one person that's what I'm here for. Yep. Because I've gone through something, I might as well share it and be able to help someone who might be going through, who might be struggling a lot. Mm. Be like, look, hey, I'm still playing basketball. I got out of it. I did this and that. And like, you can do that too. Mm. Like, it's not the end of the world. Because when you're in it, from personal experience, I thought that was just the way that life was going to be. And yeah. I just like, I could not deal with that. And as I said, I hit rock bottom at 15 and I didn't know what to do. And I was, you know, the things that you start thinking and considering, it's just, it's scary. But... Yeah. Well, it's, it's a cliche that's thrown around, but it's so true to say if you can if you can help one person, that that means something. Like I I had this would have been last year at some, at some point last year towards the end of last year, and uh, a very good friend of mine and someone who I love a lot, he said to me, um, he was he was having a time where he was not sure what he wanted to do and, and that sort of stuff. And but I won't go into to, too much detail, but shared with me that um, he admired the way I went about certain things and stuff and had asked me for advice and was the first time ever, and I get emotional talking about it, the first time ever in my life because I've had people say to me, oh, you're doing great and this is an awful stuff that I know is kind of doesn't matter. Like I was yeah. a school captain and stuff that's just a popularity comp at school or right. whatever things you know, I've done something work-wise you know and it was the first time ever that someone had said to me like told me that I was a role model or they looked up to me yeah. and I I broke down like happy yeah. tears and that yeah, sort of, of stuff you know and it, that was so powerful because it came at a time 
that I probably didn't think I was doing a lot right in life, like yeah. personally, professionally, that sort of thing. And that's another thing on what you mentioned, like one, if you make a difference to one person, it can be powerful for you, it can be powerful for that person and never withhold any gratitude that you have for someone. I think like tell people if you think they're doing a good yeah. job, you know, the impact that they have on you, positive or negative, it's always a, a, a good way to go. And I think athletes get, elite athletes I've never played professional sport and growing up, I always wanted to play footy, that sort of thing, even as an adult, still want to love to play footy, but I don't, I think they have a tough time of it because I think in the society that we live in and your tall poppy is rife around here that you said it's not a linear path to success. It's like, well, because you're playing, because you're on TV, because you're famous, because you're earning a lot of money, whatever sport you're playing, you can't have problems. Right. You know, because yeah. you're at this certain status you don't you don't get problems, and I'm like that is so far from the tra- and they get no, zero sympathy, mm-hmm. you know, and that I think needs to change. And I this could be a whole another episode of a podcast, but I think as society we have we invest more than we should in making certain people role models who I don't think need to be. Yeah. There certainly are, and most mm-hmm. athletes probably are, but there's also I'm sure probably a lot of athletes globally who do all this community service sort of stuff and that's because their club tells them to. Yeah. You know, they're organised to show up and stuff. And then there's also a vast majority who do stuff because they're amazing people and they like to like, I'll give a shout out, like Greg Hire, good mate of mine, someone yeah. who does it because he's a human. He's had his own journey as well, overcome, you know, his own uh, obstacles. And now he does it because he, he loves to, not because he thinks it looks good and, yeah. and whatnot. So, um, yeah, I think, and you touched on it before, and community sport is a great way. Like I, I think we need to tell because let's say you are a young person and you're on a path to become a professional athlete, and then all of a sudden you sign to play a team. Doesn't matter what sport, doesn't matter what team. Just because you've done that doesn't make you a different person straight away. It doesn't automatically make you a role model. You know, just because you, you know, you say, oh, well, if you work hard and do this and do that, you should be like that person. And we see time and time again athletes celebrities artists whoever they 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 fall just like regular people you know but we condemn them for it you know or if you want to be honest about something we condemn them for it and i think we need to look at role models not above but around yeah. you know um, the trainers the volunteers the referees i'm talking like sports specific here or whoever it may be and i i'm extremely passionate about that and i'll stop myself from going too too deep in that could be a whole nother another project but yeah and i think your your approach is is spot on yeah and i guess just to add to all of that is going back to the just helping one person it can be a ripple effect so mm. you help one person they might help someone else or they might help, help two people then that person might help and it's just like this huge wave or ripple effect mm. and um I don't know where I read it, but the other day it's about like you can help one person, but in the end, over time, you might help a village of people just yep. with that, you know, helping one mm. person. So um, I think it's, yeah, I think it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've definitely helped me out by coming on the Dusty Allen show today. <laughs> um, I'm glad we could make it happen um, in your super duper hectic schedule oh, uh, these days. Have to squeeze it in, that's for sure. Do you, I've got I've got a got a question before we before we wrap up here with because I'm fascinated by your just the variety 
in your social media content. And given that, you know, we're in isolation times these days, you know, we're probably, we're more, we get more out of it than we used to. But I love the fact that you don't give a shit and you basically, it seems like whatever pops into your head, I'm like, I'm going to put this like up there and stuff like yeah. your, your, your Olympic sports sliding down the stairs <laughs> like that's or kicking like a bag of burger rings or sorry, shapes, yeah. that sort of stuff. Um, does it, do you literally just like pop in your head and you're like, um, I think this might be amusing and add some value and put it out there? Pretty much. It just either comes up in my head. And I was like, oh, I think that would be funny. But most of the time I'd be doing something and I'm like, wait, let's get the camera out and yep. see where this goes. Mm. Um, and I think like being in the, these times, we've had to be creative with things that we do in our life. And I guess that's just kind of ignited that part of my brain that I see something I'm like oh my god this would be funny mm. like let's see where it goes or whatever and um you know again the whole feedback thing people laugh about it they get some joy people say oh you know I, I wake up to look at your stories and see what's mm. going on like you're providing so much entertainment isolation and so that makes me want to do more Yes. It makes me happy. Well, it's like it's like the class clown yeah. or fool. You said you've right. been from day one. You're like, well, if people say they like, it, I'm going to keep doing it. Right. You know? Yeah. Might as well put to use what I've got. So, um, yeah, no, it's been fun and like obviously it keeps me entertained too, and it makes me laugh. So, mm. um, if it's doing that for other people too, like. Someone's got to do it, so you might as well do it yourself, yeah. well, right? I, I have a bit of a bit of a crack every now and then. I, I think I'm occasionally amusing, maybe. One person who probably doesn't is my roommate and mate, Timmy Stewart. Right. Fucking hates it. So um, like, we literally went to the tool shop the other day, and I'm like, Oi, <laughs> stop. Walk through the door again so I can film it. He's like, fucking, no, nah, can't do it, mate. So, yeah, I'm... I, and then I think whenever, like, if you ever had to do a gacha, oh, should I do that? You know, a bit risky. I'm like, nah, I'll probably, like, leave it. But sometimes it's literally yeah. the simplest stuff. But you do have an advantage because you can dance. You can move. And you got, you know. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I can't. You know, that's what we like. And I thought about, you know, those inspirational stories. Like, I YouTube something the other day about this dude who taught himself to moonwalk. And I know that's probably not like an outrageously hard thing to do for someone like you who can dance. But I was like... Well, I, I learned off YouTube how to yeah. moonwalk. And this guy, ago. like it's... I'll see if I can find the video and, and send it to you or put it in the show notes. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And he like throughout all the seasons and stuff learned how to, um, how, to, how to moonwalk. But yeah, I haven't actually learned anything in this, in this time. I thought about <laughs> learning the harmonica so I can... Maybe one day start a band with uh, my mate David Trotter, Trotzi. He's taught himself the guitar. Oh, fantastic. And I said, how good would it be? And purely, I want to learn it for that, the harmonica. And someone tells me, oh, it's hard, bro. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll give up on that then. So, <laughs> yeah, right. And, really but for that one time where we were at a well, campfire and someone's like, the power's gone out. How are we going to entertain ourselves? Uh, I'm like, this guy is yeah, like, whip like, out the Guitar's the so thing. mainstream. Mm. No uh, offense like, to Trotzi. But no, no. I'm, Who's pulling out a harmonica? It's practical. Can have it in my pocket exactly. for emergency you times. Put it in your shirt pocket. Like yep. you know, it's very versatile. Maybe I'll go buy one this weekend and see no, uh, see should. how I go. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You should do a um a, a podcast or even a, a vlog. Yeah, a vlog. A vlog. Yep. <laughs> so, do they not call them vlogs? I could be wrong here. I don't know. <laughs> we probably should do a I'm poll, an Instagram poll. Like you know what? I usually call it a vlog, mm. and for some reason, I just said vlog. Mm. Why? You know what? Yeah, I I don't know vlog. 
blog? Because okay, okay, okay. Would, they, would then you call someone who had a blog? Would you call it a B log? <laughs> no. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah, you should do a progress. Progress or progress. Progress. Progress report. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'll, I'm trying to think now. Like, obviously, we're we're almost out of time, which is actually a lie. We're not. We could no. talk for like hours and stuff. But um, I feel like a lot of people would have logged off now. Anyway yeah, yeah. There's a, yeah no one's no one's commute is yeah an hour and fifteen minutes. Yeah, well, you'd hope. Or if they're driving from Shepparton to <laughs> Melbourne, yeah, they'll yeah. be able to get the That's get the at episode least one in. Trip. Yeah, yeah. Well, I thought about. I, I actually should have. Put it to Instagram now. You get some some fan questions out there as well. So um, um, it's just where we're like, okay, well, thanks. I've had a great time. Yeah, I think I can like edit <laughs> that stuff. But <laughs> hey, Maddie Garrick, thank you for coming on the Dusty Allen show. No, thank you for having me. The old stock standard response, but no, mm. um, it's been great. And hopefully, um, look, some people listen in and don't get too bored and learn something. Mm. And. <laughs> but- before we go, what's next? Like, what, what's, what are you looking forward to the most in the next three weeks, three months, three years? What's, what's sort of lighting you up? Getting back to some sort of regular schedule, mm-hmm. um, having a little bit more structure back into my life, even just something to look forward to in terms of training. I'm, yeah, look, I'm doing a little bit of basketball here and there and lifting with what I've got at home, but just going back to, I wouldn't say it's not going to be normal straight away, but just going back to starting to make things go back to normal Um, and having, yeah, that kind of normal life back. I hear you on that one. Well, we look forward to following along. Uh, You can follow Maddie. I'll put her Instagram handle and her TikTok handle Mm -hmm. in uh, in the show notes. Do you have a website? Oh, look, I was trying to make one the other day, mm. but look, I gave up. I'll put hard. I'll put the Wikipedia page in there and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I might so, need to update yeah. that though. I don't know how old yeah. that is. Um, it's got I, a lot had, of, uh, I had a fan actually contact me um, after she watched me at the three x three, and mm. she updated it all for me. So appreciate you. Yep. Um, but look, I might give myself a few more plugs in there and hundred percent make yeah. myself look somewhat famous or cool. You know, I you know I have to add that I'm TikTok famous. Oh, okay, Aspire, yes. Inspiring, I should say. No, no, like blow your trumpet. It's like, yeah, what's 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 TikTok famous? I couldn't tell you. Couldn't <laughs> Is it like you. numbers and stuff, or or what? Are we? Uh, yep. Again, couldn't tell you. Maybe. I if I had out of the water. look, uh, looks like the the internet's not working here in the the luxurious uh, Dusty Allen show. Uh, dungeon suite um but yeah so what if you have what this is like the longest outro like ever <laughs> Actually, um what so what what, what makes so gone tiktok famous so is that like yeah. views or because you're instagram famous i believe like red food like are you, are, were you engaging I can't on even like, get the blue tick does that mean I'm, oh. I'm famous? if you don't have the blue tick it's not official right it's true actually yeah yeah, actually, we'll work out yeah, how to get the get the blue tick. Yeah. Yeah. I tried to apply one, so I was like, well, let's, let's just see. Mm. Didn't meet the requirements, so... Well, I know some people have got, like, blue ticks and they've got, like, 2,500 followers. That's nothing wrong with that. That's cool, but, yeah. you know, my girl here is out here working hard and can't get anybody looking for, like, a Instagram. blue tick. Surely. Yeah. <laughs> we have a blue tick. Instagram oh. would be out there. 
Well, uh, yeah, please Probably. let us know when you get the blue tick because then we'll get you back on the show. Yeah. Um, and uh, legit, and then. then I'd probably have to pay you to come on the show. Oh, that's what you asked me now, okay. Yeah, so yeah. if you get that blue tick, yeah. Or maybe hold off, you know, then it means it's like, yeah. I'll name my price afterwards. <laughs> All right, well, thank you very much for coming to the show and we'll, uh, we'll catch you on the flip side. Yeah.